Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And you know, Rachel, I love the book of Philippians for so many reasons, but I always call it the book of joy because throughout those four chapters, there's always something that reminds us that we can be joyful and that it is a choice. And And I, I want to focus in on a few verses. Let, and I'm just, if you could just bear with me for a second, because I want to wrap our show around these verses, because I believe with everything in me that during the crazy hectic season that we're in it's so easy to lose our joy it's so easy to forget that we are blessed and so I just want to read this passage and so I'm starting in chapter 4 verse 10 when Paul says I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or living in want. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now, Rachel... You and I have heard that last verse our entire Christian life. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Well, I think a lot of times we we pull that verse out and we feel like we're supposed to be superhuman. And yes, I can I can tough my way through this. I can do this. I can do all things through Christ. And I'm going to make it happen. But if you know the context, then you realize that Paul wrote this when he was in chains in jail. So he was talking from a place of nothing was going right. I mean, the guy had every reason in the world to whine and complain. And yet he said, nope, I'm pretty content right here in the middle of this mess. Well, he said, I've learned to be content in the middle of this mess. And he said he's learned the secret of being content, whether he was in chains or he was free or had a lot or had a little. And as you were reading that passage out loud, when he said, you know, I've learned the secret of being content no matter my circumstances, I was literally starting to think, oh, goody, he's going to tell me the secret. (laughs) I can't wait. And then you read the verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens strengthens me, which as you noted, I probably have heard, you know, 18,002 times in my life. I probably, you know, I could cross stitch it in my sleep. But when you got to that point, that did not even register to me as the answer. I was still waiting for you to read the next verse that was going to contain the secret. Absolutely. We're all looking for that magic bullet. We're all looking for that secret formula that makes all of those people that we see on Instagram and Pinterest and uh, Facebook and Twitter, we see all these perfectly 
put together people who have zero problems in their life and we think, oh, they must have found the secret. But no, they're just hiding their mess and only showing the the highlight reel. We all have messes, but it seems like, I don't know if it's just me, I believe that two things happen. I believe that we have crazy expectations of what this season should be, and so we're disappointed when it's not. And number two, I believe that Satan hates the fact that we are celebrating our Lord and Savior. I think he hates that. So he is going to try to find every way in the world to discourage us and to send reminders of how crazy chaotic he can make life. Oh, well, you know, life is pretty good at being crazy chaotic on its own. I'm not sure why it needs any help in that department. We do seem to have this, I guess, noble but misguided notion or hope that uh, there will be an uninterrupted extended period of, of peace and joy. And then life comes along and happens in the middle um, of our of our craziness um, uh, that we're trying to have be so peaceful. So, like for me um, today, uh, my uh, I got a call from my daughter, and she was in a fender bender. Now she's perfectly fine. She was in a car accident, and you know when you hear the story of what happened, you absolutely can foresee why this happened. the The car, the very front, stopped in the middle of the lane, and what's one of the main roads in Wilmington? Because they were going to grab a sign. I don't know if it was like a realty sign or a, a political, you know, vote for Pedro sign. I don't know what kind of temporary sign they had put out on the side of the road. But they were going around and collecting back up their signs. But they just stopped in the lane and, to pick up their signs on what's, you know, like I said, one of our main roads, um, a large road. So anyway, um, and there was a big box uh, truck that you couldn't see past to see that the car in front of the truck had stopped and all of this other stuff. Um, so you understand why, you know, this accident unfolded the way that it did. But nonetheless, it happens to be that her car collided with the car in front of her and that happened to contain a state trooper. <laughs> what are the odds of that? You know, I guess there's no getting out of this ticket, huh? <laughs> So anyway, I have had a very, very busy day. And then the phone call comes in that lets me know that that's what's happening. And, you know, and you, you need to drop everything and go, you know, handle it and take care of it. And, you know, and meanwhile, I'm, I've, uh, I've had a season of things unexpected like this happen, as you know, Lou, because you kind of track with me in my life a little bit. And um, I've had loved ones have to have un, you know unexpected sort of uh, medical procedures done, and uh, my son's car just died. It just out and died and could not be fixed. And and uh, anyway, all kinds of stuff just sort of happens that you're not planning on, and you think to yourself, you know, the first one happens, and you're like, oh Lord, you know, give me the strength to get through this, and then the second one happens, and you're like. Really, Lord, another one? Okay, give me the strength to get through this. And then the third, the fourth, and the fifth. And by the fifth one, you're like, are you kidding me? I cannot handle this. So uh, the, the verse that you read out of Philippians there, you know, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Sometimes you hear that verse so much that it can sort of lose its meaning. It, it washes over you without it registering. 
uh, you know, or and sometimes it just it feels like it loses its meaning as more and more things pile up, and you think this isn't helping. But what I like about that verse is it has two pieces in it that I see right now in my time of uh, crisis, which is one, you know, I can do is at the very beginning. So to me, right now, as I'm trying to cope with yet another unexpected negative thing. It's a reminder that I can handle this. I can do this. And, you know, I think that there's a limit to the number of things that I can handle. Um, apparently, God does not. <laughs> um, and and uh, the second piece is that I can and will handle this. Everything I've ever been through in my life, I have handled because I'm still here. Absolutely. And the beginning of the, that passage says, I have learned. I have learned. So it's not like God expects us to get it right out of the gate when we're going through the chaos in the middle of his calm season. No, he knows we're not going to get it. He knows that we've got to have the training wheels on and we've got to ride along the bumpy road and figure out how to stay upright until he begins to loosen those training wheels and soon we learn how to keep riding the bike through all of the stumbling blocks and things that pop up in our life you know and and i said that there are two things that i think happen during this joyous season one of them is that we we hear the music and we hear the the wonderful melodies that come into our radios and we hear let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me and we feel like oh yes i am responsible for the peace in my own life i'm responsible for the peace in my own family i'm responsible for the peace in my own workplace let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me that is too much for anyone (laughs) to handle and as much as i love all of the classics sometimes we have these unrealistic expectations that we truly can have the peace on earth when really we can only have the peace that God gives us inside of us. Yeah, so you're over there listening to, you know, let there be peace on earth and let it start with me. I'm over here with the soundtrack playing in my head of I can't get no satisfaction. (laughs) It's not, I guess it's not. Uh, yes, you know, that is the, the great thing about music is, and, and I love the holiday classics and the holiday music. I truly do. I mean, the great thing is, is they do lift me up and they do sort of lift my focus from the earthly troubles um, of the world and kind of lift it up to the heavenly realm and to the future uh, the, the grand future that is to come, not how I'm going to get through next week. <laughs> um, but but yes, it is, it is, songs are written for a particular reason or when the writer is in a particular mindset or has just experienced a particular thing and they don't always represent the whole of the human experience. And so sometimes it can feel a little much. Um, the holidays can feel a little much, you know, <laughs> to, to 
maintain this, uh, you know, gracious giving attitude for this extended period of time, to maintain your, your happy and your joy and to wish everybody, you know, uh, a Merry Christmas or a Happy Holidays or whatever is the thing that you're allowed to say these days. Um, I saw a, a, a funny uh, post on Facebook where this uh, guy was just sort of making light of that and saying, um, I'm afraid to wish people happy Honda days because I don't want to offend anybody who celebrates Toyota-thon. <laughs> and he said, so I guess I, need, I guess I need to wish people a happy winter car buying season. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so sometimes it feels like it's just a lot to manage and juggle and to even figure out what the right thing is to say to somebody when you just want to wish them well. Absolutely. I mean, I believe that this is not just the most beautiful time of the year. It's the most stressful time of the year because we are trying to navigate just normal life along with every other thing that's been piled on and then you throw in getting the phone call that your daughter just bumped into a state trooper with her car not <laughs> not I like the way you put that <laughs> not what you want to hear and so then you have to go okay lord teach me how to be content in that situation because right now i'm not even going to lie it doesn't feel fair. It just doesn't feel fair. And what did, yes. you, what did you say to your kids or maybe your students? Because you teach a lot of kids that probably say those very words. Well, it's not fair. It's not fair. So how do you teach kids and then live it out that, nope, life isn't fair, but we get the opportunity to uh, handle it in a way that is godlike. Well, I, I teach m my kids um, that life is 50-50, that the balance of life, the positive to negative, the good and the bad, is roughly 50-50. Now, no, nobody wants to hear that. We all want to believe that life is mainly, you know, 70% positive and only 30% is negative. And that if we, if we are super good Christians and we pray and we get our mindset right and we, you know, we journal and we do our quiet time and, you know, we pick up after ourselves and stay on top of our bills and we do all the things right that we can tip the balance and have life be more like 90% you know happy positive times and only 10% the occasional something goes wrong but honestly for all of us the balance is much closer it spread out it might not be in a given hour or a given day but spread out over the course of our life the balance is more 50-50 and the Bible speaks to this, you know, there, you're going to have troubles in this world. Um, the, the rain is going to fall on the just and the unjust alike. Being a Christian is not a free pass to a trouble-free life, which we see right there in that opening passage by Paul that you read. This is Paul, the Apostle Paul, one of the most celebrated people in the New Testament, and he's in chains, in jail, 
Um, and he's also been shipwrecked. He's been persecuted. Like it's the Christian life is not a promise of, um, you know, things are going to go well for you because you've, you've chosen well to follow the Lord. It's, it's roughly 50-50 for all of us. And that helps me. Um, once I got past the fact that I don't like those odds, I want better odds. Um, once I accepted those odds, it makes the, the negative part easier because it makes me go, oh yeah, yeah, I'm in that 50%. And the pendulum will swing again uh, back onto the other 50% and it'll swing back. And there's something, it alleviates a little bit of the suffering when you're not so shocked and appalled that it has happened to you in the first place. Does that make sense? It does make perfect sense because I think you're right. Sometimes uh, when we become Christians, we, we believe that, falsely, we believe that things are going to go better. And, and honestly, there are a lot of people that uh, are actually preaching that, that you will, that good things will come to you and you will, you will have all these wonderful things. Well, Yes, sometimes you do, and sometimes you don't. There's no, right. you know, we are not living in heaven yet. We're not. And as long right. as we're living on this side of heaven, we're going to have horrible times, and we're going to have fabulous times. And the, here's the thing. We will never understand the whole story. We don't. We can never understand why things happen the way they do. Life isn't fair because we only have one-sided view. We only see from this side. We cannot see from God's side. Now, I don't know if you've ever flown. I know a lot of a lot of folks that are listening right now say, "I wouldn't step foot in an airplane when there's perfectly good ground to walk on and drive across." But I have been in an airplane many, many, many times, and so have you, Rachel. And there is a totally different view when you are 30,000 feet in the air than when you are standing right on the street corner with your friend. There's a totally yeah. different view. And For sure. And so why do we believe that we, we got this thing? We, I can do all things. We forget about the rest of it through Christ who gives me the strength. We, we get told by, by wonderful um, folks who, who think that they're telling us, hey, pick yourself up by your bootstraps and you can do this and just enough positive motivation and, and all things good are going to happen to you. Well, no, there are going to be some horrible things, some things when your life crashes and you won't understand why it's happening. And you will never understand it until we get to the 30,000 foot view on the other side of heaven. And that's at that point, we probably won't even ask the questions of why, because down here, we still believe like your kids and my kids. Why isn't it fair? Well, life is not fair. There's nothing in the Bible that tells us that it's fair. But it is, we, we do serve a God who understands the 30,000-foot view, and he understands the whole story, the whole gamut. And so we don't have to try to figure it out. We don't have to 
uh, say, wow, I want this to turn out my way, we only have to understand that there's one person on this that lived on this earth, and that was Jesus, who understands the full scope of our chaos, of our mess, of our our accident into the state trooper. He understands how it feels when you're going through that, and he also knows that it's a temporary situation. And so what Paul was saying in Philippians 4 is that I've learned, I've learned that all the bad things that happen are temporary and there is always something that I can't see or understand that's happening behind the scenes. Yep. My tendency is to ask the why me question, you know, the or the are you kidding me question. Um, <laughs> but we don't see Paul asking that in, in that passage. We, you know, he, we, we, we know he's in change. You don't see him asking why me? Why am I, you know, in prison? And this is not fair. I'm not guilty or whatever. We don't see him saying, you know, why am I in lack? Why am I in need? Why don't I have all the resources I need or want? Um, instead, he's saying, I've learned to be content, even though I don't have all these resources, even though I'm here in chains. Um, so he doesn't ask the why me or are you kidding me? He just um, fast forwards to the uh, it is what it is and I can handle this through Christ who strengthens me. Absolutely. And if you jump on down to verse 18 in Philippians chapter four, you'll see what Paul says next. He says, hey, I've received full payment and have more than enough. I'm amply supplied now that I have received from Aphrodite the gifts that you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Now, here's what I glean from that. Here's Paul sitting in prison, chained up, and really has nothing. I mean, the man is just living from mealtime to mealtime. I mean, think about that. He doesn't have material possessions. He's not worried if he's got a nicer car than the neighbors. He's not worried about if uh, his roof is leaking. He's sitting in a jail, chained up. And he says, oh, no, I've received full payment. I have more than enough. I'm amply supplied because somebody did something nice for him and sent him a gift and he was thankful for it. He was praising God. And then he turns around and he encourages all of these folks right back. He's like, look, here's what I've learned. This is the secret that Paul was trying to say. This is the secret that Rachel was waiting for in this passage. The secret is, I have learned how to be content. I've learned that there are 50-50 chance that I'm going to be hungry sometimes and I'm going to be well fed sometimes but there is a 100% moment when I am absolutely engulfed in God's arms I mean he's saying 
50-50, yep, I'm going to have everything I need sometimes, and I'm going to have nothing other times. But 100% of the time, God will meet your needs. I like those odds. I like the, uh, I can deal with life being 50-50 if 100% of the time I can count on God to strengthen me and, and meet my needs. So I'll take those odds. Yeah, absolutely. So this week, as you go through the crazy, the moments that will happen, remember that you have 100% of Jesus with you every step of the way. And may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others just the way Paul did to the Philippians. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.